0: Calling all up and coming broadcast, talent! Here's your chance to make a name for yourself overnight. Compete against others in Sirius XM's MLB Fan Call of the Month contest starting on Thursday, September 3rd at 10 a.m. Eastern. Visit SiriusXM.com slash MLB fan call and make your voice heard before the contest closes on September 10th. You have one week to compete. One winner as judged by the SiriusXM programming team, will have their play-by-play call air on SiriusXM MLB radio and advance to compete in the final Fan Call of the Year contest. Now, here's the cool thing. If you win that Fan Call of the Year contest, you are eligible for a grand prize that includes a trip for two to attend the 2021 MLB All-Star Game at Truist Park in Atlanta, Georgia, plus the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to call a half inning of the Sirius XM All-Star Futures game live on Sirius XM MLB Radio. Now think how that will look for your portfolio and your resume and all these cool things that you can show off that you've done in the industry. Go to SiriusXM.com slash MLB fan call for a full set of contest rules, prizing details, and how you will go about competing. Get in there people, check it out. All right, let's start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition, lift off. Hey everybody, I'm Brian Clapp, VP of Content and Engaged Learning for WorkInSports.com, and this is the WorkInSports Podcast. I have an ongoing internal dialogue. No, I'm not walking around talking to myself, I'm not that old or senile yet, but I am constantly in my brain asking myself, what else? This has become a little bit of a joke between my wife and I. She was on a job interview once years ago, probably a decade ago or longer. And the interviewer started with a very broad question about the role, and then for the next 30 minutes just kept repeating, what else, every time my wife paused. So she'd answer the question, and then he'd say, what else? What else? What else? else?" And while I think this is a terrible interview technique, I mean, we don't need to debate that. That's a really bad idea and a bad way to go about getting to know somebody and their skills for the industry. It is kind of a good question to ask yourself about yourself. I do this often rattles around in my head in a lot of different ways. With my kids, I wonder, again, in my head, I am a little bit crazy, what else can I be doing to help them become good people? What else can I teach them that school may not? Maybe it's life skills. Maybe it's about the history of racial oppression. Maybe it's about climate change and sustainability. I wonder what else can I do to be a better husband and mentor and friend and volunteer and member of society? The list goes on. What else? I have an industry friend who always talks about the extra 1% you can do. Similar concept, right? He's always telling people it doesn't have to be huge. It just needs to be 1% better than everyone else. And this is just another way to get into a positive mind frame of doing a little bit more. Now, I am not perfect at this concept. Sometimes I ask myself, what else? And I come up with a really good idea for something more I can do. And then I don't actually do it. And it turns out you make less of an impact when you don't actually do the stuff you think about doing. Who knew? Anyway, the reason I bring this up is not out of self-importance or even some desire to be transparent. It's because my mind has really been raging lately about the podcast, this here show. What else? I keep saying it to myself. What else? I feel like I should be doing more, that the traditional industry expert interview style is good, and I thoroughly enjoy it, but maybe we need to break through and push a little bit more. I don't know, I haven't figured it all out yet, but I feel there are some more creative approaches I am yet to unlock, but will continue to work on. With that in mind, I am taking a bit of a different approach to today's show. A little shift that I think is pretty cool. Of course I do, it's my idea. Today's guest is Andrew Diamond, and Andrew is the manager of sports partnerships and marketing for SiriusXM. Now that's a cool job. And in a traditional sense, we'd interview him about his role. He's also worked at Octagon, FanDuel, Tops, and more. Pretty interesting dude, right? Well, if you were listening at the top of the show, SiriusXM is running a really cool contest right now that Andrew was very connected to. It's called the Fan Call of the Month. with a chance In this contest, you have a chance to win a trip for two to the Major League Baseball All-Star Game in 2021 not this year and a chance to do play-by-play for a half inning of the Sirius XM broadcast of the all-star futures game. Really cool contest, right? Well, what I thought might be cool is rather than go through the linear approach of Andrew's job and the challenges and the things he's learned and things of that nature. I thought we'd go through the actual process of his job through the lens of this project, how the fan call of the month went from idea to activated project rolled out nationwide. I think it gives you a really cool view into the reality of working in sports. So let's get it going. Here's Andrew Diamond, who has a perfect name to work in baseball. Andrew, what's happening? Thanks for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's uh, great to be on the show. I've been a long time uh, follower of work in sports, so it's an honor.
0: Oh, that's cool. Um, i thought we might do something a little bit different today you and i were talking about this beforehand so often on this show i have a guest on and we talk about their career and exactly how they got to where they are and uh that we use as a kind of a lens into their you know what their job and their day-to-day is like and their challenges and all those things and that's great we have a lot of success doing the story that way but i thought it might be fun to take your job in marketing and really break it down based on a current project you have going on. So let's start with what the project is. You and I connected because you work at SiriusXM. You're running this very cool contest. I was drawn to it. It got us talking a little bit. So why don't you give the background of what the project is, the fan call of the month contest, give us all the details, and then we can start to get into the process of how this all kind of came to life.
1: Sure, yeah. So the way this contest works is uh, we've set up, Three fan call of the month contests. The first we wrapped up uh, this week, actually uh, launched in early August. Uh, we're going to be launching another one on September third, and then the final one on, on October first. Um, the way you enter this contest is via uh, landing page of ours, SiriusXM.com backslash MLB Fan Call. And uh, if you visit that page, you'll have a you know a intro of like what the prizes are, but. Then you trickle down a little further and you see what what you're tasked with. And what you're tasked with is uh, we provide a pre-selected MLB video highlight. Last month's highlight was a uh, catch from Darren Ruff on the Giants uh, as he barreled into a left field fence and knocked it open in the process. Um, So we typically look for a a bit of a funky play that's like, uh, you know, at least 30 seconds in length and, and allows for some originality from the, from the play-by-play caller and the play-by-play caller is the person entering the contest. So the way you enter, uh, the user experience we've set up is that you're, you know, you're supposed to watch the video as if it's happening in live action. Uh, you record your own play-by-play call. Uh, then you upload that audio clip to soundcloud.com. And then once you have the link of your audio call on soundcloud, you copy paste that into the entry form. Uh, we leave the entry period open for one week uh, then, um, you know, this is all hosted from one of our channels, which is, you know, SiriusXM MLB Network Radio. Um, so we've we've uh, distinguished a few of the of the talent from that radio channel to be our panel of judges. Um, after the entry period closes, we take you know, we look through all we listen through all of the entries um, and we select based on a grading system. That's uh, it's based on um, passion and energy in the call knowledge, um, you know, exhibited in the call Level of creativity and then accuracy of the call. Um, So you know we're targeting mostly broadcast journalism students um, or young professionals in the field. uh, Really looking for up and coming talent that's that's looking to get established. Um, And then so during the grading period, we we distinguish the top five, and then those five advance to the final round. Uh, And the final round, we do a taped show uh, where we play back each of the um, you know entries. Um, Our judges provide some commentary, they, you know, assign some grading, and then ultimately they select one winner to be named Fan Call of the Month. Um, The winner of that, uh, in addition to getting some, you know, prizing up front, which involves a three-month subscription to SiriusXM, as well as $50 gift card to the MLB shop, um, a few few other um, prizes, I think an Echo Dot would be involved as well. They are also entered to compete in our end of year contest, which is the Fan Call of the Year. Um, that will take place in November, and the three winners uh, will be facing off uh, from the monthly contest. So, our September winner or October, sorry, our August winner will face the eventual September and October winner, and the winner of that contest will earn a trip to the. 2021 MLB All-Star Futures game where they'll get to call happening of the game. Uh, And they'll also get to attend the All-Star game two days later and spend three nights in Atlanta. And i assuming, hopefully, that game happens next
0: year. Dude, that is an incredible package. Like, seriously, anybody who's interested in sports broadcasting or even just a crazy fan who just thinks they can, I mean, has been listening all their life or anything of that nature, like, this is such a fun contest to be a part of. Uh, how did the first session for it go so far? Because you've had a uh, one session of it, soon, and then it opens up on when? Do, when is the next day that this opens up for the next next run? Uh,
1: so that's going to be September third. Um, so once okay, perfect. Our, we're you know open for business and excited to see a, a new wave of entries. Um, the first one went great. I thought um, we had. Um, I'm I'm actually a Syracuse alum, so one of the things I tried to do before I got in touch with you guys was uh, try to get in touch with some folks over at the Newhouse School uh, to spread some word about this, and we ended up with three, uh, you know, two current students uh, and one grad uh, person who graduated from the school, I think, in 2018 uh, as part of our group of finalists. Yeah. The other, two, the other two folks, um, I think, were... Um, probably in their mid to late twenties, um, no longer in the broadcast journalism field, but used to be, you know, students of that. Um, so I thought it was an awesome group. Um, we got some really high quality entries and I think it's, you know, it was some, it was a challenge to get this thing off the ground. Uh, you know, especially with COVID-19 and everything going on in the world right now. So, um, we, 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 feel great about just that alone and then to get some high quality entries is great. And now we're looking forward to kind of, now that we have some content to work with, to market it yeah. and, um, you know, use that as a launch pad to even you know, get an even wider field for the next few contests.
0: It's, it's a cool and creative way to engage with fans in this extremely strange time so there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, work that goes into it behind the scenes so I want to dig into that a little bit I want to get into the like behind the scenes world of how something like this goes from ideation to activation um, so let's start with your title first okay your title you're the manager of sports partnerships and marketing for Sirius XM Give us Cohen kind of the overarching of what that means you've been there for about a year now. What does that actually mean? And what does your day-to-day kind of look like? Give us a little bit of a picture.
1: Well, I will say that there's very few days that are the same one to the next, which keeps, I actually like that. It kind of keeps things interesting. Um, but yeah, in terms of what my role involves, it's it's a, a wider, wide range of things. But uh, first and foremost, one of my you know biggest responsibilities is managing the partnerships we already have in place. Um, and one of those is with MLB. Um, so I work on, Uh, about seven or eight different um, sports channels at SiriusXM in that capacity. Some of them involve a league sponsor or or like a league, uh, you know, the MLB one being, of course, you know, having a league tie-in. Some don't. I work on the fantasy sports radio channel as well, so different type of component there. So I would say when it comes to my work on the MLB channel as opposed to the fantasy channel, I would say on fantasy I'm much more, you know, in, engraved in like um, content marketing and less, you know, focused on the partnership side because you know there's not really an established um, deal with that channel up front. Of course, when we bring in brands, that's where the you know the partnership angle would would take off. Um, when it comes to the MLB channel, we have you know a deal in place. Um, we have marketing assets tied to that deal, and it's kind of on me to leverage those assets in the best way possible and that's kind of where this idea originally stemmed from to be honest i've i've been a big baseball fan my whole life um you know i actually even really particularly enjoy following prospects i'm in this you know crazy dynasty fantasy baseball league where you know (laughs) age of 16 and all that so i've I've always had a a passion for you know prospects and i've always watched the futures game and i known for a while that siriusxm was the name you know sponsor of that game Um, So with that in mind, that's kind of where this concept um, developed from. I thought, what better way to bring that sponsorship to to life than um, trying to discover an up-and-coming broadcast talent and have them call part of the game, which would directly kind of correlate to the talent on the field.
0: So you kind of come up with the concept then what kind of happens from there do you have to pitch it in a brainstorming meeting with the rest of your staff with siriusxm to get the mlb on on board how does it get from idea to then into a process of actually happening
1: yeah so this all really started to come together pretty early on in my time um so i was probably about four or five months into the job i'd say back in late november or late february early march um We started, you know, I I basically started conceptualizing this. First brought it to my manager. Um, I brought this idea and probably about, you know, seven or eight others about MLB Network Radio and what we could do uh, for the upcoming season. Of course, at that time, we thought the season was going to be starting in early April um, or actually late March. Um, Then, you know, once COVID happened, um, it actually, you know, in some ways, the COVID situation allowed us to take a step back and think bigger picture because sports weren't happening. So uh with that added bandwidth, um, you know, we we approached the the you know, I approached my boss with these ideas. Um she really liked this one and one other one that we could then take to the programming team to get their, you know, pulse on. Um once we had some buy-in from them um, then we kind of went to the promotions team, which is, in, you know, they're in charge of running the actual contest pages and, and handling all the rules and, and regulations there um, to just kind of get a feel of, you know, how can we do this in a way that's, you know, a good experience for our subscribers. Um, and then once we kind of had the internal buy-in, that's when we went to MLB and uh, broached the subject and, and wanted to get their opinion on it as well. Um, there was a lot of touch and go throughout the, you know, lead time between you know April all the way up to August when we launched this thing. We didn't really want to do this unless baseball was happening. So that was primarily why we, you know, had to pause for a while on it. But um yeah, it was a lot of involving a lot of different people and and getting a lot of different perspectives. And um the idea itself actually developed a, a fair amount from, you know, stage one to where we're at now. It actually looked a lot different when I first presented it. And uh, one of the things that I've kind of learned in this process is, you know, I think it's important in terms of buy in to approach people, you know, as early as you can about this and get their honest assessment. And, and it kind of allowed us to evolve the idea uh, to its current form, you know, taking everyone's opinions and, and uh, logistical experiences into account, especially in someone like me, in my shoes, like, you know, I'm only five, six months in. I felt like I needed those perspectives to really, you know, push this thing forward.
0: You made a really interesting point in there that in marketing in general, you don't tend to work in a silo. You tend to have to rely on other departments, other teams, you know, your promotions team, your sales team, your email marketing team, you know, your legal team or whatever it is. How important is it to be able in a job like sports marketing to be able to work cross-functionally and just be able to work well with others? How important is that, especially in a project like this?
1: Extremely because at the end of the day, you're not in, unless you're in a small organization and that's kind of been my prior experience. I, I had more uh, experience being in that driver's seat. Now I'm in the type of role where I'm not and I'm relying on other people to you know push send and, and, and push things forward. So if I don't have their buy-in and, and their passion on this idea early on, it makes it a much you know tougher battle uh, when it comes to the actual executional phase. And um, yeah, it's been, everyone's been great to work with. And uh, I think a lot of it probably had to do with just involving them early and and making sure that they, you know, had all the stuff they needed uh, to confidently push this forward for us.
0: How much do you get into like data and analysis at all? I know sometimes we, we, see marketing as something that is extremely creative and and focused in that direction but i also know like for example my wife works in marketing and she spends almost her entire day in spreadsheets you know like looking at the data and really understanding what the potential is and what assets they need and how much budget's going to be expended and so how much of that type of research and planning goes into something like this or is it more of this sounds fun let's make it happen (laughs) right i mean which kind of way does it go
1: yeah, I would say it's it's probably somewhere in between there uh, in, in this example, but probably much uh, further, a little further away from the data side, only because this project uh, was, you know, we hadn't really done anything like this. Uh, you know, we hadn't really had much experience experimenting with this type of concept. Um, so when we landed on this concept, it, it didn't we didn't have a ton uh, to draw on and we were almost kind of setting our own benchmarks along the way, which is, it was challenging, but um, kind of also allows for uh, more imagination and and creative freedom, which I, I personally really enjoy, Um, you know, having data always be preferred and, and, you know, recommended. Um, But in a situation like this, where the, the way the contest was structured uh, we kind of had to rely a lot on our promotions team from the logistical end, you know, they actually did have another contest that was somewhat similar in nature, nature on one of the music channels, which is basically what we drew upon when we uh, created this user experience. So uh, having their guidance was, was pretty crucial in terms of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, um, while the idea, you know, sounded fun at first glance to all of us, um, it still was really rooted in, in the contractual assets and, and how we could bring that to life. Uh, to their fullest extent, and um, tying this back to the the futures game and, um, you know, all what I kind of mentioned previously about bringing that sponsorship to life was, um, you know, top of mind throughout the whole thing.
0: How hard is it as a marketer? Like most of the marketers that I talk to seem to fall into one of two categories. They're like the creative, think outside the box, really super, you know, uh, visual-type people – and they may not be as strong on the execution and the activation side. And then I meet other people that are really good at the organization and the process and the executing on the plan. How, how important is it, or, or, you know, to be able to kind of be both a little bit. I mean, or do you, do you find that to be a, a hard challenging part of it or does that fall right into your comfort zone?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, I can definitely uh, resonate with those, those opinions of yours there. And, and I, you know, I feel like I've in the past, Maybe been one of those types that's thought outside the box, and and I've had I've learned a lot of great lessons along the way over my career in terms of when you need to rein it in um, and keep things simple. I think you know I had a boss back in the day that you know was very big on the Kiss model, keep it simple, stupid. You know, it's just yeah. like you gotta sometimes when you create too many nuances, um, you spin too many wheels, and and you miss out on the the real ROI and, and what's in front of you. So um, <clears throat> I've had experiences in the past where. Um, you know, that, that wasn't as top of mind as it is now. And I think, especially when you're working with a lot of different departments, um, you don't want to get too in the weeds with the details. You want to keep things a little more simple and upfront and straightforward, um, and really be conscious of the fact that you're going to be depending on other people to execute your plan. Uh, so, you know, while thinking outside the box and experimenting with new things, like we kind of did in this instance is great. Um, knowing when to kind of, rein things in and keep things on on track and, uh, you know, going with the methods that we feel more comfortable with, uh, which we try, you know, try to have a little balance of that.
0: So I am the type of person where if I was throwing a party, I would spend all week or all day stressed out. Like, are people going to show up? Is this going to work? Are they going to have fun? Like, I just would totally stress myself out because that's my own anxiety. Uh, What's this like for you when you work for a project like this, you have this cool idea. It makes all the sense in the world. You work on it for months, you get everybody onboarded and then it opens up. Like, do you have anxiety the moment it starts to actually activate out there? Or are you feeling pretty confident that you've leaned into your process and you know, this is set up to for success?
1: Yeah, I would say, um in this instance i was a little bit nervous when we first launched this thing i think just I i mean it was a lot uh that came together at once and and a lot of logistics that uh we had to square away with mlb um at the last minute just with you know baseball coming back we also we also almost even you know decided to punt because of you know, what happened with the Marlins that happened like a weekend before this. And, um, you know, half the team got sick. So we actually were going to launch it on August 1st and we, we pushed it back to August 6th just to see how that situation unfolded. Um, and we ultimately felt comfortable enough to get this off the ground, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, once, once you get, once we got it off the ground too, then, you know, I'm constantly just asking the progeny, what's the, what's the entry count? What's, uh, how are we doing? (laughs) um so yeah i mean overall yeah say-
0: i'd be that person like hitting f5 all day like refreshing yeah. the spreadsheet like did it happen did anybody else sign up did we do another one i'd be a stress case i
1: know so i mean i was i was pretty satisfied with uh you know all things considered um and i think you know now that we have the system in place and and we're less you know worried about actually launching the thing um, Yeah. Yeah, you know, we we have a. I feel a little better about where we're heading with um, promoting it and, and getting our distribution of this out to a wider audience for
0: the next contest. Well, you're reaching a lot today, so that's good. Uh, okay. In a in a broader sense, looking at your career in general, you've worked at multiple sports organizations. You were at Octagon, you were at MLB Advanced Media, Tops, FanDuel, and now at SiriusXM. Are the approaches totally different from organization to organization, or is marketing marketing and the concepts apply across? platforms, across businesses, across organizations?
1: That's yeah, a great question. Um, in my, I feel like i in my experience, it's been pretty different um, at each stop. Um, I actually really didn't get into marketing until I was at Tops. Um, actually, I'll correct that. At Octagon, I did an internship that was uh, marketing related, but it was mostly event, you know, hospitality work, um, you know, stuff that you would assume an intern would be doing Mm -hmm. Uh, then moved into MLB advanced media where I did um video production actually and then went to Topps started in a content creation role and then ultimately uh shifted into um more of a digital digital marketing focused role um so my main experience in marketing has been within Topps, FanDuel uh, and now SiriusXM and um yeah it's been three very different experiences for me um at Topps it was you know an established brand, but I was in a group that was very like entrepreneurial focused. We actually, I was actually part of the the group that um, came up with and launched tops. Now I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that. Um, It's a, it's a baseball card program that's uh, proven to be very successful for them. They, what they do is um, after every night of MLB action, they, you know, come up with a, uh, what the best moment of baseball was last night. They make a card of it. They turn it around, uh, put it on the website the next day, uh, it's available 24 hours. And then after that 24 hour clock hits zero, it's done. Oh,
0: that's it. a cool yeah. idea. Yeah. So,
1: and that that really took off. And that was a great experience for me in terms of like, you know, launching a new product. And, and I felt like I learned a ton. Um, but that role, you know, it was kind of me in the driver's seat with every single thing from email marketing to the website yeah. to, uh, you know, even writing the copy on the card. So I really got my hands dirty in that role. And I felt like, um, you know, it was great in the sense that I got to learn so many different things in one, one shot almost, but um, you know, it's moving on into FanDuel and, and at SiriusXM it's a much different environment for me. I'm, I'm kind of the person who's uh, you know, briefing stuff into the creative team and explaining what we need them to create. And then once we get it back, I'm handing it off to somebody on the social team to push forward. And, and so I'm not, you know, I kind of came from this environment where, you know, I had to be very, very detail oriented and efficient with my work. Um, I still have to be very efficient with my work, but uh, you know, when it comes to details, you know, while they're important uh, it's more, you know, it's, it's kind of a balancing act between uh, you know, being detail oriented, but more so just kind of uh, you know, keeping bigger picture in mind and, and trying to manage, you know, project manage other people to do the work and, 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 you know, outlining what we need, you know, in a very simple, straightforward fashion for them.
0: There's so many different subsectors to marketing. You kind of hit on it a little bit ago. There's content, there's email marketing, there's digital, there's product, there's partnerships. There's so many different parts of it, the activation side. What's your advice to somebody that's getting started in this industry who may be in college right now or maybe doing their first kind of internships and is thinking about getting into marketing? Should they stay kind of broad and kind of learn a lot of different things? Or does it make sense to become an expert in one of those kind of sectors and really become a subject matter expert and lean into that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if you know where your strengths are and where your interests lie, I would recommend going for the, you know, being an expert in one area and really, you know, developing that at full, you know, speed. But I'd also recommend making sure that that area is going to be relevant in five to 10
0: years. (laughs) So,
1: you know, and in marketing, I've seen a ton of change in just my, my short, you know, five, 10 year career. Um, And like, you know, it's, it's easier said than done to predict the future. But um, I think it's important when you're in college to try to get as much, you know, of an idea of what you're good at and what you're passionate about and uh, you know, pursuing internships and, and um, being a bit of a well-rounded, you know, student of, of marketing is important to kind of discover where your strengths are. But once, you know, the earlier you can make that discovery, the better, because I think when you can define your own path, um, it's going to lead you to, you know, a, a faster growth uh, through, throughout your career. I think in my, you know, in my situation, I definitely um, kind of developed in a more jack of all trades uh, situation, and um, I'm definitely really happy with where I am right now. And and you know, I've had some you know good breaks fall my way in the last year to to get to that point. But um, you know, I think it would have been a probably a path of less resistance uh, to get here and perhaps further had I you know focused a little more early on in my career and, and been able to define exactly what I wanted to do. Again, yeah. like that's that's a really hard thing for anyone to do, um, right out of school. Let alone, you know, even when you're 30, sometimes people have a complete career change. So, um, easier said than done. But you know, long story short, I'd say if you can take a sector of the of the marketing, um, you know, go go for that full
0: blast. So in the first round of this contest, you, uh, I'm sure, listened to a lot of the the incoming submissions um, and you know who won the first round. Are there any kind of suggestions you may give, not to give our audience any extra uh, bonus points or anything of that nature, but like, were there any things that you picked up on that that sounded more successful than any others or any tips you might give?
1: Yeah, I mean, one thing... um one thing I want to do in the next contest is um, probably explicitly state that these calls are meant for radio and not TV. Mm. Um, I think there were a couple of instances where where that might've been lost and, and um, people weren't as quite as explicit as, as we might've been looking for, for a radio call. So that would probably be one thing to look out for if you're submitting is, you know, definitely, uh, picture yourself in a radio, um, broadcast instead of a TV broadcast, even though it's a video that you're broadcasting, yeah. um, uh, that'd be my biggest, uh, you know, advice for anyone looking to enter. Um, and I think, you know, in terms of just making it into the finals, it seemed like there was a nice, uh, a little bit of an emphasis on level of creativity. Um, you know, so, so whatever you can do to kind of, you know, stand out from the crowd, um, some, you know, special spin on the call you're making, um, you know, would probably help
0: for sure. All right. Let's give everybody the information again. How can everybody get involved and what's the process for them to be part of the fan call of the month?
1: So it's uh, open to the public uh, contest as long as you're uh, aged 18 and up and you're a resident in a U.S. state, um, don't have to be a subscriber of Sirius XM at all. Um, we are technically, uh, we we technically have a max of fifty entries uh, that we are um, you know that we will judge. So I would say if you are listening to this and you are interested, please uh, you know I'd recommend being at the ready um, at on Thursday at ten a.m. on uh, September third. Uh, oh, exact so timing, yeah, I like in, that. <laughs> before before you miss out on being the first fifty. Um, let's see what else I would you know again the URL for that is. SiriusXM.com backslash MLB fan call. And, um, yeah, I mean, the uh, the instructions should be uh, simple enough. I think you just got to, um, you know, watch the clip, put it on mute. You, you can also, one, one of our submissions from last month um, actually built, you know, brought in his own background audio of, like, crowd noise. So I thought that was really cool and creative and no rules against doing that. So feel free. Uh, something like that, if you'd like as well. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd say that's pretty much all I got for
0: that's super cool. I love this. I love doing it. The conversation this way, where we take a project that you've been intricately involved in. It's a really cool contest that we want to make sure we amplify as well, but also just to get into the background of how it all came from idea to, to activation, to fruition, uh, is pretty cool for everybody to hear. So thanks for jumping on the show and, and giving us a lot more insight into it.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. I think uh, um, if I was, you know, young and, and interested in this industry, uh, these are the types of stories I would love to, to hear more about, too, and uh, kind of hope I I gave a nice little snapshot of what it's like to, uh, you know, not just work at SiriusXM, but in, you know, sports marketing in
0: general. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. I know it's just a subtle shift in the way we do things and just was a little bit of a change in my approach to questioning. We really took this fan contest of the month and dove into it. But two things. One, I think it's cool to see how a product goes from or a project goes from idea to actual activation. I think that's pretty cool in and of itself. And two, I think it's a really cool contest. <laughs> I think I think you anybody out there interested in sports broadcasting or just a big fan of the, you know, the play by play process. Process or just a big sports fan might have fun being a part of this. So why not give it a go? Go check out SiriusXM.com slash MLB fan call. Thanks for listening. Always please remember to subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff, because the more feedback you give us, it helps us create the show in the image you want it to be, but it also helps us get great guests and continue pushing forward to share content that is valuable to you. So remember two things, wear a mask every day, And don't forget to vote in November. Super important. Actually, vote earlier than that by mail, okay? Get your ballots in. Do your thing. Make sure you vote. Super important as a part of our democracy. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you soon.